Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's something lurking in the dark here. Not too comfortable with this house at night. He loves the death. It's really disturbing. It makes me physically sick. Previous owner killed himself in that bathtub. He sliced his throat right at the juggler. People are freaking the out. I really don't want to be in the dark here. You okay? No. That's the house of death. They're being watched. My name is Amy Allen. This thing likes death. I see dead people. This thing's like a monster. I speak to dead people, and he's pissed off now. And they speak to me. His head was cracked. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. This guy was murdered. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve Bishavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. I cannot help you unless I know the whole story. And I know every person, every house has secrets. You saw her, it's my job to reveal them. Why would you stay here? But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. Stop it. We uncover if it's safe for you to stay. I want to know the truth. I want to know what's happening. Or time to get out. Don't you don't ghost in this Amy and I never crossed paths during our investigations. I gather witness accounts, expert opinions, and research the history of the location. While Amy investigates what most people can't see. When we're done, we meet up and reveal our findings. I'm in a small town of Clinton, North Carolina. It's about 45 minutes outside of Fayetteville. I got a call from a woman named Kara who runs the art center in town. She said that people that work for her are seeing all kinds of weird stuff. And Kara's worried that whatever's going on there might shut down the center that she loves so much. 
Amy needs to be free from outside influences during her walk. So it's important that I cover all the artwork and personal items at the location. Once I'm done, the building will be ready for tonight's walk. There's like a lot of sadness. There's a woman and she has long dark hair. She's very, very pale and thin and she's talking. The first thing she said when she came up was house of death. Well, Karen, you sounded really concerned on the phone, so tell me what's going on. We've been having some experiences here with um, volunteers hearing noises, seeing things moving, feeling something touch them, and seeing apparitions. Let me ask you, what's your biggest concern? We have a lot of kids who come to take art classes and come to our events, but their parents are afraid to bring them up here because of the things that are going on. We might close down because of that. Okay. Do you know who lived here before the house became the art center? Well, Dr. Small was a, a general practitioner here in Clinton. He lived in the house here. He left the house in his will to um, the county and it was dated to the Arts Council in hopes that it would be used for arts purposes. And we're just here to fulfill that dream for him. Okay, now what about the building itself? What do you know about it? About five years ago, extensive renovations were done to the house. It was in pretty bad shape. I was getting the sense that Kara was more afraid of this place than she was letting on. So I asked her the one question that always gives people away. Would you stay overnight here alone? Probably not. Not too comfortable with this house at night when it's dark. So this is wrong. So this was all like open. This is just a disaster. What they're saying is, oh my God, look at what they did. Ah. The dead here are very angry. Something about this structure has been changed, and they are furious about it. There's something really bad here. There's like something like literally that, like I come up and it runs. And I just feel like my heart's like, like that fear. It takes my breath away. There's something lurking in the dark here. So, Kara, why'd you bring me in this room? To show you the photos of Dr. Small and his wife, Suzanne. The legend is from a previous director that we had here. If you were to switch the photos and hang them facing each other, Dr. Small comes and gently places it on the floor. And this has been witnessed by other people? Yes. Has it happened more than once? It has. Okay. Now, why did he want him facing the other way, though? Dr. Small and his wife didn't get along, and he said, I don't want those photos facing each other because I don't want to look at Suzanne for the rest of eternity. Sounds like you've got a lot of activity here from what you're telling me. We've had a couple of other groups to come in and investigate. What do you mean, like ghost hunters? Yeah. They've tried to talk with the dead, but 
We haven't really had much result from them. Okay. There's a round table. People are sitting around. So what were they doing? A seance. They're holding hands. They've got the lace on the table. Is anybody here? Can we talk to anybody? Why are you doing these things? So how would a seance affect the dead here? The dead begin to resent the living. How would you like it if people kept coming in your home and with you? Kara tells me it's her volunteers that have been experiencing most of the strange activity here. So I'm meeting with a former teacher to see if she's encountered anything weird. I was told that your history in this place goes way back and you've had some experiences. When I was maybe five or six, um, I was here for a party and a figure came from that door over there and walked through the railing and down the stairway. You mean like an apparition? Yes. It was a man, maybe 40s or 50s. Did you ever tell anybody about it? I didn't talk about it until my sister and I were riding by, and she had the same experience that day. It was at least 10 years later before we talked about it. In fact, she won't come back here. She won't? No. Okay. There's like this guy who's really depressed. And he wears a dark suit. He's kind of tall. I think that he's been seen, and I think that he's been heard. He plays the piano, but he plays it like messed up. All right. No. I see like a bunch of coffins. Like, just literally, boom, 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 boom. And this man is, like, preaching, and it's, like, really disturbing. Like, he's getting off on death. People are, like, freaking out. As soon as I walked in, I wanted to just throw up because it was so, like, sick. Murder, tell me about when you were a teacher here. What happened? When I would have class, I always play music, so I had an MP3 player in the room, and it would constantly change songs or change the volume up and down without anybody touching it. Did you stop working here because of that? Yes. I didn't feel comfortable here after that. Later on, the position for director came open here. Okay. It was a position I thought would be really good for me, but I knew I couldn't work here, so I never applied for it. There's no way I'd be here by myself. Can this man interact with the living? Yes. He's like always pacing around at night. He wants them to hear his music. He makes them feel depressed. They almost see him standing in front of him, but they feel it down to their bones. It's just absolute terror. Dark. Darkness. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Can this man interact with the living? Yes. How? He definitely tries to preach to them. He loves, loves, loves the death. Because he's weird. Creepy-ass guy, I don't know. Kara told me that the house had been renovated. So I reached out to the contractor who did the work here to see if he ever experienced anything while in the house. So, John, Kara told me that you would have contracted that rebuilt the whole house, basically. That's correct. Okay. So during the time that you were working here, did you ever experience anything that you couldn't explain? Oh, yes. Sometimes you can feel a presence, like being touched. It was sort of eerie feeling, a sensation like a spider web, like being touched by a feather, and that would happen several times a week. How does it feel being back? It's uh, as if there's a presence still here. And I can sense that presence today. You can? By being here, yes. There's people getting hurt here still. Living people, you mean? Yeah. So what's happening to them? They're being attacked. They don't know why. There's a lot of weird touching and stuff by this guy in the dark. There's, you know, I mean, it's crazy. What's wrong? It feels like I've been punched. And I can't breathe. An angry entity in this house wants me gone. 
And he has a disturbing way of getting his message across. You don't feel the punch, you feel the physical effects of that. Like your diaphragm spasming, and you can't breathe, and you feel like you're going to throw up. Okay, John, so why were you in this part of the house? I was going to show you the uh, bathtub. We had to move the existing cast iron tub out. We did so using four men, moved the tub across this foyer into that bedroom. Okay. The eerie thing about it, this door here remained open. The next morning when we returned, this door was closed. The tub was slid up against the door. You kidding? Was anybody in the house? No one in the house. We locked it up every night. And you said it's cast iron in this tub? Yes, it's cast iron. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, I consider myself strong. I don't think I can move that by myself. Not one bit. No, sir. Let's see now. Oh, my God. This is, like, so I can't even tell you. This person's upset about this. About what? Everything is not the way he made it. Talking about the owner guy? Yeah. And you know what's weird is like there's dead bodies like all over the place. What do you mean? Can you describe them? They're just dead people laying around in random places. What happened to them? I'm getting some really, really weird So Ashley, I understand you're a volunteer teacher here. And I was wondering if you ever had any strange experiences here. Um, yes. The bathroom right up here, I won't go in at all. Why? It makes me physically sick. Are you afraid of it? Whenever I go in there, I get chills. It, the way I feel makes me scared, so I definitely would not go in there. Right, you know what? Come with me. I know you're scared, but just come with me for a second. Okay. How are you feeling? Just seeing it this close is getting me a little upset. Well, you're really shaking. Mm-hmm. You all right? Just uneasy being near this bathroom. All right, come on. Let's go back in here. Can you describe what you physically just went through? Shaky, trembly. Uh, it's a feeling that I don't want to feel ever. Would you stay overnight in any other part of the house here? Absolutely not. The darkest is just very bad here. Because all the bad things happened at night. I do not like the dark here. I'm afraid of it. There's this male lurking in the dark who can hurt you. Kind of fills up the darkness, like completely. He lives in the dark and he with people. The obvious place for me to start my investigation is with Dr. Small. He's the guy who lived in the house I'm investigating before he donated it to the county. I was able to track down the lawyer who drew up his will. Hopefully, he'll give me some useful information. Well, Gene, thanks for taking the time to meet me in your busy schedule. Appreciate that. Happy to do so. Dr. Small, what can you tell me about him? Well, Dr. Small uh, certainly was a unique personality, to say the least. I think he was eccentric in some respects. I have a picture of him here. Yeah, I'd say he was late 40s, early 50s. He had a strong affinity for the arts, 
culture, poetry. So, Gene, you actually wrote his will? Uh, yes, I did. I have a copy of it here. And as you can see, Steve, it's 18 pages long. Gene, can you save me some reading? Is there anything unusual in this will? Well, he didn't provide for his wife. But what he told me, uh, uh, they, their relationship was not very close. Uh, I do recall that I think they slept in separate bedrooms. As I understand, she had her own banking account. They had separate bank accounts. And when he would talk, he was always in first person singing and never say we. It's like, I want to say, like, there's a doctor. Like, he knows a lot about the body and, like, pressure points. So, like, he'll, like, do that, and you don't feel the hand, but you feel the pressure, and then you'll feel like, like you want to pass out or whatever because he's pushing these points. Throughout this walk, I keep being harassed by an entity who I think was a doctor when he was alive. He keeps sneaking up on me and disappearing back into the darkness. He, he knows where to touch, like, the spots to make headaches come on, to make people feel like they can't breathe, to make them feel, you know, he, he knows all of these spots. To me, it seemed trained. I don't like him at all. How did he die? He was found out in the back of the small house uh, one cold February morning after a real cold night where it was icy or snowing, I don't recall. Said he had his right forearm across his chest like he was almost in a casket. So what you're saying is they found him face up, dead in the snow. I know it hardly ever gets cold enough to snow here. Face up, laying on his back. Now, do we know the cause of that? Did they do an autopsy? I have the uh, death certificate here, and it says my Carl infarction. That's a heart attack. Okay. I'm seeing like a, a heavy coat. It's cold in here, man. See, I'm getting a lot of cold, which doesn't make any sense. Like the snow, I saw snow, which doesn't make any sense. Why does the snow not make sense? Because we're in North Carolina and I don't think it snows here. Now, Gene, I'm going to ask you a question. It's going to sound a little odd, but did your dealings with him, did he ever mention anything about his house maybe being haunted or anything like that? Yes, I think he did. I do remember him saying something to the fact that Things had been moved from one place to another in there, certainly implying that it was haunted. And he also mentioned that a previous owner of that uh, house uh, slit his throat in that bathtub. The previous owner killed himself in that bathtub. That's what he told me. Gene mentioned that a previous homeowner committed suicide in the house I'm investigating, but he didn't have any details for me. So I asked a local reporter to dig into his newspaper's archives for me. Well, Jeff, thanks for taking the time to meet me. I appreciate Happy that. To. What can you tell me about the previous owner of Dr. Small's place? Dr. Lehman Matthews was our superintendent of public schools here in Sampson County from 1907 until 1918. What about the suicide? It was uh, probably very messy. According to the death certificate, he had locked himself in the bathroom upstairs in the bathtub and sliced his throat right at the juggler. Okay. The doors were locked. He was apparently home alone at the time. Okay. And we're not sure who found the body, probably a family member. 
Do you have a wife and kids? What happened? Had a wife and five children. We were living there, and he's 47 years old. Jeff, did he have a history of depression? Not that we've been able to find any evidence of, but there were some friends and family members had noticed some changes in the weeks prior to this, and it just seemed to all come across very sudden. There's a lot of screaming, screaming. The house of death. That keeps replaying, the house of death. Something about this structure is attracting death and negativity. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's very powerful. I really don't want to be in the dark here. Like bad, the bad, bad happens in the dark here. With two previous owners dying under bizarre circumstances, the art center has tragedy written all over it. But I need to find out who owned the property prior to Lehman Matthews. Turns out a man named Abraham Hobbs originally owned the place. But the records about his life don't have many specifics. So I tracked down a local historian to see what he could tell me. During my research, I came across a guy by the name of Hobbs that looks like he was one of the original owners of this home. What can you tell me about Hobbs? Abraham Hobbs was born into a uh, well-to-do family in northern Sampson County. Abraham joined the Confederate Army in 1862. Soon thereafter, he was wounded at the Battle of Antietam. He left the service in the fall of 1864. What did he do for a living, though, once he was here? Just after the end of the war, he went on to become a gentleman farmer. What is a gentleman farmer? Uh, someone that really had someone else to do the work for him. The slaves had been emancipated, but there were a lot of former slaves and no means to support themselves. So they would typically work for low wages or remain with the families they had known and continue to work for them. This depressed man, he owned this place for sure. This was his place. Any idea when? Long time ago, I don't know. He was bitching about the war, uh, but I don't know what war. Like, everything that came out of his mouth was meaningless. The only time he felt anything was when he was doing really evil to people um, in his family and to these bodies that he got. What about family? Do you have wife, kids? What's the story? Abraham and his wife had six children. And also within the house, his stepmother and her son, which was Abraham's half-brother. The half-brother was named Gaston, and he was a school music teacher. But the focus of the house would likely have been on the children, the gospel, faith, and their education. So he was a religious man? That's right. Who died on the property? Do you have any idea? We know that one of his daughters died in the 1880s. His wife, Lizzie, died in 1897 and his uh, half-brother Gaston died in the house as well. I saw a man preaching, and he's like yelling. This depressed man has gone insane, and he's ranting to his wife. She's scared and wants me to see all of the horrifying things that took place here. She says that he had a room that was dark and small, and that he would do things to human bodies there. And it's almost like kind of researchy, but also he kind of likes it a little too much. I think he was interested in like what morticians do. She's showing me like dead bodies, but it's weird because they're in bed. 
How many are in it? Two. I think this guy was really fixated on death. I don't like him. During my walk, I sensed the presence of several dead men. But what's confusing to me is I was only able to see one of them clearly. He was thin. He had a long face, sunken eyes. He has a pretty large nose. Brown hair, full but very well groomed. Something about glasses. Is this the man you saw? Yes. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're free to reveal our findings to our clients and each other. This is Kara. She is the executive director of the Sampson County Arts Council. Carrie's worried about possibly having to shut the place down because of nobody signing up for any programs. Meredith used to volunteer here. She doesn't do it any longer. You've been tormented by this place since you were a kid. Yeah. Ashley does volunteer here. She doesn't even want to be in this house alone. Matter of fact, there's a part of the house that she is absolutely terrified by. So Amy, why don't we start out by you talking about your walk? When I first walked into the house, the dead were very upset with what has happened to this house physically. The walls being changed, the stairwell being changed. This is very upsetting to them. And one entity in particular uh, is very, very ticked. That could make sense because the house has been through three major renovations within the last hundred years or so. The latest renovation was in 2008. Right. I actually spoke to the contractor who did the work here. He heard voices, footsteps, the other strange thing is, four of his men had to move this bathtub. When he came back the next day, now there was no break-in, nothing was taken. It was moved like four feet. And I saw this tub. It's a heavy, heavy tub. Okay, what else happened during your walk? I encountered this one entity who um, was able to make me feel like I'd been punched but I wouldn't feel like the physical punch. It would be like the aftermath. Breathless all of a sudden, very uncomfortable, in a lot of pain. He also knows like pressure points. So I thought he's a doctor. I don't really think it's safe here at night because of him. That's when he attacks. It's funny you mentioned doctor because one of the previous owners was a Dr. Small. I actually have a photo of him moved here with his wife back in 1924. I talked to his attorney, and Small thought this place was haunted. He told him there's spirits in the house. He said things would get moved. Wow. The only thing about him, I mean, he was considered a nice guy, a gentle guy, but he hated his wife. Okay. Karen, maybe you can tell it about the portraits. The portraits here are of Dr. Small and his wife, Suzanne. Dr. Small had asked that the pictures not face each other because he had said, I don't want to look at Suzanne for the rest of eternity. So we keep them opposite of each other. And if you change them, they move. Interesting. What else did you see? Then I saw like a weird kind of vision where I was suddenly wearing a really heavy coat. 
um, because I, it was cold. And I saw snow like falling in front of the windows. I don't think it snows here. You're right, it doesn't really snow that often, but it does snow here yes. once in a while. As a matter of fact, he died on February 3rd, 1971. They had his death certificate here. And basically it says he dies of a heart attack, but it's still, it's very strange how he died. He was found right here in the backyard. It was a snowstorm that night, but they never did an autopsy on him. And he was found in the snow, facing up, almost posing with his arm across his chest. He was basically frozen. Okay, what else? So I was upstairs and I saw dead bodies. They were kind of in random places. It was just a very strange feeling. So you talk about the top of the stairs by the bathroom? It was in front of the bathroom. This is a good time for Ashley to tell you about how she gets when she goes near that bathroom. The first time I walked in the bathroom, I took two steps in and got shaky, stomach hurts, it feels like, you know, a true feeling of dread or you know, just something I can't describe when I go near that bathroom. I'm getting shaky talking about it right now. It's a feeling I've never felt before anywhere else. Well, there's a little bit of a backstory to that bathroom. There was a guy that used to live here before Dr. Small by the name of Lehman Matthews. Now, he was a well-respected guy. He was a school superintendent here from 1907 to 1918. Never had issues, and then his whole personality changed about two weeks before he committed suicide. He took a straight razor and cut his jugular open and bled to death in the bathtub. This is the same bathtub that the contractor said moved by itself. How do you feel about that, now that you know that? It's a little shocking. But that feel a little better to know that it's not just me or something I've made up, that that's something did happen in there and there's a reason I feel that way. Okay, let's continue with the rest of your walk. One of the people that I did come into contact with was a very depressed man. He was very much into playing piano, but he was not good at it. He was very, very sad about the war, and he was also preaching a lot. He would go into, like, rants. He was, like, yelling, but everything that came out of his mouth was meaningless. He was doing really evil to people. As soon as I walked into this place, I felt really violently ill because of all of this. Meredith, tell me about when you were a kid, that incident. When I was young, maybe five or six, I was here for a party. And upstairs, I saw a figure walk out of the room, walk towards the stairway, through the banister, and down the stairs. Mm. Well, one of the original owners of this place was a guy named Abraham Hobbs. Couldn't get a photo of him. He was a Confederate soldier and uh, got wounded at the Battle of Antietam. He was a gentleman farmer. He owned many slaves that did the farm work and housework. Think about Hobbes, he was pretty religious and very involved in the church here. He had a half-brother named Gaston who lived here with him, who was the music teacher in town at the school. So Amy, you did a sketch? Yes. This is the depressed guy? Yeah, but I have a theory about the sketch. Okay, well, I'm dying to hear it. What do you guys think? And this is the press guy? Well, I have a theory about the sketch. Okay, well, I'd like to dying to hear it. 
What do you guys think? Meredith, what do you think it looks like? Just going by features individually, I would say small. Carol, what do you think? The roundness of the nose is more resembles, to me, Suzanne. You know, to me, this sketch reminds me of a combination of all these people. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, absolutely what sure. I think. Is it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Now I understand why I sensed the presence of more than one man, but only saw one clearly. This depressed man has taken all of the death that has occurred here and created a single entity that is very dangerous. The depressed man that I saw, he looked very similar to this, and he was the one who would put the dead people around the house and set their bodies up in positions. So he would put them in a chair, he would put them in the bed, and he had a very negative energy, and he really, really, really liked death. And he's the one who's responsible for turning the house into the house of death. And I'm getting concerned about what might have happened here, okay. or is happening here. Whatever this depressed man did here, has attracted other men with morbid fascinations to this house. And when they died here, pieces of them were left behind. So now you have all these little pieces of fractured people who are becoming one. And what happens in those types of situations is it can become a very, very strong entity. And then it starts doing really, really bad things. Well, you've seen the results of the investigation we did. The most pressing question is, Tara, is it safe for you to keep this place open uh, that you love so much? Um, for that, I'm going to turn it over to Amy. What I feel needs to be done here is, the first thing is to contact uh, what I like to call a living medium, which is someone who connects the living with the dead. Now, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to connect Dr. Small, hopefully with his lawyer, who can be his representative still. And they would do this upstairs in the hallway or in the landing. Um, and it would just be the medium and the lawyer and then of Dr. Small. Then the second thing is uh, Lehman. The best thing there would be the same type of scenario with the medium upstairs on the landing with you. And the reason why I say that is because of your reaction in the bathroom. And I think that there's a reason why that happened. He does have issues, I'm not gonna lie, um, but I think that if you're willing to do this, you can help him and you can fix the situation here as well. Okay. Then what you're going to wanna do is contact a death medium like me who can come in and do a cleansing from top to bottom, inside and out. If this is done properly, it should get rid of all the entities that are here. And hopefully that can be done fairly easily. If not, there may have to be another session. Listen, are you okay? This is a lot, this is a lot of pressure for you. I'm a little overwhelmed, I'm not gonna lie. You know, there's a light at the end of this tunnel though. If you do do this and you're strong enough to do it, kids could come back. 
Now, are you going to be able to follow through with all this and help out with this? We're definitely going to do what Amy has suggested because we want, you know, everything to end and I'm confident that we can settle it. I really hope that Karen and Ashley follow through with my advice and release this house of all the entities that lurk inside. If they do, I'm confident the staff and visitors here will be safe from the harm that has been inflicted on so many people. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.